Hello, this is Jamal, Mr. Me Too Sylvester, and you're listening to Everyday Leader 50 and 50 with Melanie A. This is Everyday Leaders. I'm your host, Melanie Ake. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share the disciplines that he's practicing every day that is allowing him to achieve a life of success. Today's Everyday Leader teaches us the power of determination and how making intentional decisions Toward your dreams is the first step in achieving success. This three-time college dropout decided that his dream was bigger than his circumstances. He is now a proud college graduate and has been inducted into the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. These powerful leadership lessons are ones that you too can apply every day to live your life with success. Jermall, Mr. Me Too Sylvester is my guest today. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, show 12 of 2019 starts now. Welcome to the program, Jermall Sylvester. So glad to have you as a guest on Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. Thanks, thanks, thanks for having me. Wow, I didn't know you until a few weeks ago. We were connected through one of our close connections, Chip Baker that has the success chronicles and there is a reason that we connected it was sharing our stories and our passions for people and oh my gosh you have so much to teach and i just was so delighted that you said yes to coming on the program so thank you very much um uh, no problem thank you uh and thanks to chip for for uh realizing uh and seeing uh the connection between you and i uh, and getting us uh, to, to meet and be in that bridge to get us together. Uh, it's ironic that you were in Indianapolis and I was, uh, I was living in Indianapolis, so it just kind of worked out. And you know how it works with divine intervention. Uh, when God uh, says that he wants something to happen, he does what he needs to do uh, in order for that to happen. And I think that this was ordained. So uh, I'm definitely excited about uh, getting uh, to grow this relationship uh, and seeing, you know, where we can go as leaders uh, and as people as we look to continue to, to help the people that we serve. Amen. I believe that too. Soul connections, kindred spirits, you know, sometimes you're on your journey and you don't know that somebody's right around the corner and and we're waiting for each other to grow together. And so this is kind of what this story is about. And I love this because we talked the first time we were just kind of texting and on LinkedIn. And then we talked for the first time for over two hours. <laughs> it was like, wow, we've got a lot to share. So, yeah. you know, when I think about you and your story and maybe people don't know your story that are listening to this. And so you know, Indiana, you haven't always been in Indiana, but Indiana is all about basketball. <laughs> it's all about basketball. <laughs> and so when we think about, you know, people that are passionate about sports and, and athletic mindsets, and and you come to mind because you have such a proficient history in what you've gone through and learned. But I want people to connect to you, Jamal, to understand it, you know, just because you're taller than most people <laughs> and people probably always looked at you and said you play basketball right <laughs> but, 
But it wasn't it wasn't just an easy path for you to just go out on the court and play and be successful. You've had a lot of personal struggles to get to your own spirit of success, if I if I would call it that, um, because you, what you've learned and and through kind of your own talents, tapping into your strengths and really now stepping into your purpose. And so that's where my soul connected to you, and. And I love your story. So I want people to get to know you from your core beliefs and your values of stepping in and helping encourage people, you know, to always make the choice to get better and to step into their own lives. That's what you're, that's what you're sharing today. So as a basketball player, as an athlete, talk to me about when you were young and your beliefs about yourself and what your family instilled in you about your beliefs about yourself? Uh, well, starting uh, early, uh, as you said, uh, life, life was, was very difficult for, for me and my, my siblings. Uh, my father was incarcerated uh, at a very early age, uh, and my mom was left to do it uh, by herself. And so uh, being the oldest, uh, you know, you have to take on certain roles that you're not necessarily prepared for. Uh, and so that promotion into being, quote-unquote, the man of the house uh, was something that I was uh, set up for, uh, but I wasn't ready for. And so uh, I went through, through life uh, unsure. Uh, I like to say that uh, having a father uh, is for, for, for young men and young women, but young men uh, specifically, uh, father is very important uh, because the father is confident. Uh, whether your father uh, did it the right way or the wrong way, your father can give you direction on where it is that you need to go. Uh, and so I didn't have that. And so I tend to look in, in places uh, that weren't always the best places uh, looking for uh, that direction. And so uh, I went down some, some, some bad roads. Uh, and so as far as how I felt about myself, uh, there was a lot of unsurety. There was a lot of uh, doubt. Uh, and a lot of it was just because of uh, dad not being there, mom not really being able to give me at that time what I thought I needed. Uh, she was a great provider, and she loved me, and she nurtured me uh, the best that she could. But as a child, you know, we have our own view of what it is that we feel like we need or that we should have. And so I didn't get that. Uh, it wasn't a lot of pats on the back. Uh, I remember uh, living in Chicago, and uh, in Chicago we had E's, G's, S's, and U's, and those were, uh, the E's were, were equivalent to having A's, the G's were equivalent to having uh, B's, and satisfactories were C's. And the, the U's were unsatisfactory, so those would be like D's and F's. And I remember getting all E's and G's on a report card, and I came home excited, wanted to show uh, my report card, and nobody was there to, to share in that excitement. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I remember coming home, uh, uh, moving to Indiana, uh, and having all F. Uh, and I remember having that same feeling. So it was like, you know, I do real good at school, nothing. I do bad in school. It was the same thing. And so uh, I began uh, to not apply myself in school. It wasn't because school was hard or that I couldn't do the work. Uh, I've always 
had a great aptitude uh, for learning uh, and always was very smart uh, and could articulate myself uh, even at an early age. Uh, but uh, school uh, became a, a distance off. And so I was really just going to school to hang around my peers mm-hmm. uh, and those who felt like I felt, uh, who were going through what I was going through, uh, so that we could help each other feel better about our situation. Uh, so, and it wasn't until I started playing basketball uh, that I began to get a sense of confidence uh, about me mm-hmm. and, and, and who I was. Because up until that point, uh, there was not one thing that I could pinpoint and say that I did well or that I thought that I was good at. I think the one thing that I was good at was being a big brother or a big cousin. I've always taken care of those who were underneath me and my family. Mm-hmm. I was the you know, that big man babysitter, you just automatically get promoted <laughs> into that job being the mm-hmm. And so uh, I took that, and I took that job seriously. And I think that's a lot of why it's, it's easy for me to do the work that I do, because I, I was already doing it as early, at an early age. Yep. And so I don't always feel like that's a job. I didn't always like doing it, uh, but like with anything, uh, if you do it over a period of time, it becomes a habit. It, it just becomes... Uh, second nature and so I think that's uh, why I do the work that I do and I do it at the level that I do it because it started at an early age and I don't know if my, my mom intended uh, for that to, to be instilled in me but that was instilled in me at an early age and then you know once I became uh, started playing basketball and I got good at basketball I noticed that people began to like me a little more and the better I got the more people liked me and so when you when we go back and we think about uh, my life as a youngster, not you know feeling welcomed or feeling a part of uh, uh, stuff. Uh, now I have this notoriety, and I have this particular talent that, especially here in Indiana, people go crazy for. Mm-hmm. And so it was like a drug. And <laughs> I'm like, wow! I just you know I remember playing at the ACC uh, Notre Dame's. Uh, college gym uh, in high school and like how many kids get to play on the college floor yep. uh, in high school especially a kid who, who came from the west side of Chicago who migrated to South Bend Indiana to the southeast side uh, of South Bend uh, not a lot of difference as far as uh, the environment uh, there's a lot of drugs, gangs uh, violence uh, but there was a lot of love uh, for the athletes in, in, in my neighborhood and they pushed and they prompted and they expected us uh, to do great things. And uh, they moved certain barriers out of our way for me and a lot of other, uh, other athletes in my neighborhood uh, to, to be whatever it is that we wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember guys pulling their cars on the court at night because I didn't want to go home at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning and cutting on their bikes just so I could continue to play. Uh, because they believed in me and they wanted uh, me to, to pursue those dreams, those dreams of going to college and going to the NBA. Uh, they played a huge part in that. And so basketball kind of helped give me uh, or gave me my identity. You found that uh, one at, thing. At, yeah, you found that one yeah. thing. We we talk about this so much. You know, it's what your story is and what, and that's why I ask you to talk about your beliefs because – you, what we're going to talk about is your campaign that you've created mm-hmm. around your beliefs today and how to help other people. But, you know, thinking about 
coming into Indiana, having this support system, having these mentors to help you expose what you really did believe about yourself, what you could begin to believe about yourself, it changed your path. It completely changed your path. And for those of you, you know, that are listening and to really understand and connect to you, you've now gotten your your college degree. You know, you've been inducted into the Hall of Fame in Indiana basketball. You have so many accolades, even through these these tragedies and these stories of, you know, I learned this, but you didn't know that in the beginning because you didn't really think it was important. Absolutely. Uh, and so I like to say that, uh, you can't judge my, my go-through and you know what I've been through. That's right. Uh, and I think a lot of times the reason why we, we miss it, uh, you don't want to be self-loathing and walking around and me, me, me. And, and so I think that uh, if you were brought up uh, like most of us uh, in, in, in humble households, uh, you didn't put a lot of emphasis on you. And so it's, it's hard to see those things about yourself because you don't wake up in the morning saying, hey, let me think about what I'm great at this or I do this and then I'm going to walk around telling people how great I am at this. You don't do that. You just kind of, you know, wake up and you take what it is that you have in your tool belt and you go through life, you know, and and you deal with life. And so it takes uh, other people uh, who've gone through some things uh, and maybe similar things or been where you've been to be able to kind of point those things out. And even when they point them out, you still don't always believe them because you've gotten used to what your normal is. And so if your normal is just kind of getting up and going through life and then somebody drops a nugget on you and tells you that you're great so you can do this and you can be this, you don't always believe it right away. And so that's why it's important as being a mentor, a coach, even a parent, a teacher, uh, is that the people that you come in contact with and that you're engaging with, that they know that you're in it for the long haul. So it, that first day that, that someone told me that, hey, man, you know that you can be good at basketball if you practice? It wasn't that first time. It was two years later that they had been telling me that for two years that I began to believe that because the work that I put in on top of what they were saying now I could begin to say those same things. And when you have those dynamics working together, success is inevitable. Success is inevitable. And you know what they say, it's 10,000 times you do anything, you become the expert. And so what, you know, and you've had a lot of practice. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) But you know, what, what you talk about in your, you know, what would be recognizable to a lot of listeners is this Me Too campaign. And it started off as this, you know, I have also experienced this. This is kind of the connection of the Me Too spirit. And for you, you've decided that this is your story, that this happened, but you're including people that have also experienced pain and loss and self beliefs that weren't necessarily true, you know, limiting self-beliefs and that this Me Too campaign that you're, you're really transforming, you're creating, you're driving this force of join me in this Me Too campaign to have confidence in yourself, to have the beliefs about yourself, 
to lead yourself through your life with success. And so I want you to talk a little bit about how you decided to create that name and and what you're doing in the community to help others. Uh, so the, the name, actually, uh, I came up with it maybe five or six years ago, but it actually started on June 15th, 1972. Uh, and that was the year and the date that I was born. Uh, and so it's a culmination of everything that I'm going through, the good, the bad, the sad, the indifferent. Uh, and uh, when I came up with the name, uh, I found myself working in different organizations. Uh, I've worked in the Indiana Department of Corrections. Uh, I've worked at uh, mental health institutions. Uh, I've worked at workforce development. Uh, I've worked with youth development. And as I began to get more comfortable in sharing my story, because a lot of times we hide our story uh, because we're ashamed of it. Uh, and we don't always think that people, uh, because people got their own story. And so why would somebody want to hear my story? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so as I got confident in my story and being able to share it, uh, people uh, begin to get confident in sharing their stories. And uh, as they shared their stories, I would look at them literally and say, guess what? Me too. Uh, and so it began to stick. I didn't pay attention to it right away, but after about a year or so of me saying that, I'm like, man, you know what? I say that a lot. And so I put the mister on the front of it uh, because uh, I earned that because uh, I went through that. And so uh, I feel like I have a right uh, to be able to say me too. And it's not to diminish the the, the hashtag me too uh, movement. Uh, it's none of that. But I have my own uh, story, and I'm creating a movement of people who are going through their go-through, who are uh, through uh, lessons, life lessons, uh, and principles that I've learned. Uh, and so I like to teach people how to get hype. Uh, and hype is an acronym, and it stands for helping you pursue excellence daily. Uh, and so I want to help people uh, and give them the tools that they need uh, to be all that they can be uh, and, and, and begin to dream again, uh, and then begin uh, to become doers uh, and, and, and starting and being intentional about uh, growing and developing uh, and making those things that they used to dream about or the things that they're currently dreaming about uh, become their reality because it's possible. Uh, and But it only becomes possible, uh, one, when you, you say that you can do it, you can vision yourself doing it, but then when you have goals and plans and steps and things in place that will allow you to do those things uh, that you say you want to do. And, and that's, that's all I want to do. Uh, I'm not trying to get rich. Uh, I'm not trying to do uh, any of that. If that happens, uh, for sure I'll accept that. But that is not why I got into this business and why I do what I do. Uh, because you can't put a price on changing somebody's life. Uh, and so I get pure excitement and pure joy <laughs> when I see the light switch get turned on in people uh, and they begin to see what I see. Uh, and so now I see what people told me 25, 30 years ago. Now I see why they did it and why they kept doing it because it does something to you and it stirs something up inside you uh, when you can speak life into other people. Mm-hmm. No matter what you went through, 
uh, when you can take even your messed up, jacked up life and all of the stuff that you did wrong and you can speak life into somebody, man, that's powerful. And so uh, when I realized that I had that power, uh, I took it and ran with it. Uh, and so uh, that's why I do what I do. Well, and, and you do it well and you do it authentically. And I think you touched on something where, you know, when you watch people that are just continuing to pour into others, it's because it comes from their soul. And you have this message. So many people in my John Maxwell team, you know, will be on calls and they'll say, and you've mentioned this a couple of times, but up until this moment, you believed a certain thing about yourself. And then when you decided that you wanted something different, that you stepped into something a little bit scary, but you had to have people around you that would help you and encourage you and, and really promote this sense of you can't do this. You know, it took you two years to practice and become proficient in basketball. You had the strengths, you had the gifts, you had the body build for it. You know, you weren't five foot tall with 300 pounds, you know, you're a tall guy. (laughs) When I stood next to you, I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) But, you know, God designs us, right, to be able to live into this world, to live into our purpose and I think when we die, I'm a person of faith, and I think you are as well. And when we, when we look, um, you know, at that time, I think God's going to ask us, you know, I gave you these gifts. I'm so proud of what you've done with this to get into your potential. And, and so that's what kind of drives people, I think, like us with this soul connection of how are we pleasing the world and how are we supposed to be here? What is our purpose <laughs> to be able to connect others and lift others up, right? Because life is hard. It is a hard journey, but it doesn't have to always be the same bucket. You don't always have to do the same thing. You can change who you are and, and what your life can become, but you got to take those steps. Absolutely. And I think a lot of times, I think we miss we miss a lot of opportunities. I think God uh, puts people uh, and uh, specific people in our lives as we go on our journey. And I think because we don't recognize uh, who they are and what they're in our life for, we miss out. And so I was a late bloomer. But I think that God had put coaches and people in my community, uh, people that uh, was in my mother's life, uh, who were supposed to mentor me and kind of cultivate, uh, the seed that was in there, but I didn't allow them to do it, uh, because I was big on, uh, the only person that should be telling me what I need to hear as far as a man, I always felt like that was supposed to be my dad. And so I shut a lot of people out. And it wasn't until I got older that I, I dropped that. Uh, mentality and, and those thoughts and I began to let other people impart to me uh, because what and it took it took somebody who what we would call back home a, a, a OG uh, who told me that uh, your, your, your dad is not doing this for you and so here you got somebody I'm not asking you for nothing I just want what's best for you and I'm trying to give you something because what I'm really trying to tell you is I used to be where you were, and I dropped the ball because I didn't listen. I don't want you to do the same thing. And it was one of the hardest things uh, that I ever had to hear, but 
it was one of the best things that I had to hear. It, it hurt, uh, but it helped because I was able to get past that. And from that day forward, uh, I began to look at the different people that came into my life very differently. Uh, and so if you were trying to tell me something, even if you told it to me in a way that I, I didn't always want to hear, you use some choice words, uh, I began to look at what is he trying to tell me and why. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that uh, if we begin to look at things in that way, uh, we'll catch more than we miss. Mm-hmm. That's so important because, you know, we, again, being in this safe zone and thinking in your mind, when you grow up, you don't know that there are other people that have anything else that, that can they can teach you. You believe your family is the only source that's going to give you the right purpose, the right direction. And as you've talked about, you know, having that disconnect with your father not being in, in really a part of your life as much, that was really hard to kind of understand where your place was. And so through that, you know, being... Well, if you want to say a late bloomer, but just learning, right? Being able to step back and assess everything that you have learned to now put it into perspective to say, okay, this is really what my journey's about. It was setting you up for success. It just did it in a lot of different ways. People, we go through things differently. And, and so now you've kind of come to that culmination, if you will, of this recipe and now you've just popped out of the oven and you're like, here I am. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Because you're ready. Absolutely. You're ready. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. So I know that you've been speaking. You, you um, have been speaking around the country. And mm-hmm. talk to us a little bit about how you're influencing communities now. Uh, like you say, once I found my voice, uh, and I found that uh, yes, everyone uh, does have a story. Uh, but what I realized, uh, because I used to be on the other side of what I'm about to say, is while everybody has a story, not everybody wants to share that story. And not everybody uh, has gotten comfortable with their story that uh, when they share it, they don't feel shameful. I'm no longer shameful of my story, the good parts or the bad parts. Uh, because that's who I am, and that's uh, those things uh, made me who I am. And so uh, there's a, a, a scripture in the in a, in a Bible that says, "Agree with your adversary quickly, and he will flee." And it took me a long time to realize what that meant, and and so it took me to get comfortable with my story, and 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 people knowing my story that when someone says, hey, remember when you used to do this or remember that you did this or that it didn't buy me uh, and I didn't let it make me hide. I'm like, okay, and that's, that's who I am. Okay, or that's what I did. And uh, I, I began to get more power uh, in who I was and I became more confident in who I am because when people uh, realize that they can buy you based on what they know about you, they'll take full advantage of that and they'll keep you stuck in a certain place or in a certain dimension. And I got tired of doing that and I got tired of allowing people to do that. And so I took my life back and I'm like, okay, man, uh, I know what I did. I know who I am and I know where I want to go. Uh, if you ain't telling me or trying to help me get to where I want to go, why would I be concerned with what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Isn't that true? Why would I care? Why would I give you that much power? 
that's such a great lesson. You you expect, you know, people around you to help you, but their beliefs, right? It, we I go back to my favorite book, The 15 Laws of Growth, and I gave 10 of those out last weekend <laughs> to people that are on this growth journey that I'm super excited to start connecting to. But chapter three is the law of the mirror. And learning yeah. about this law, it really defines people reflect on who they believe they are, this, this self-belief process. And so when you say that, that story of, you know, people around you hold you back, you know, they put mm-hmm. you in a corner. And it's so true because they are only expressing what they believe, not really what your purpose is, but it's how that they see the world. And so, so many times, oftentimes people get so confused on, well, but I trust you. You're my mentor. You're my coworker. You're my coach. You're, you know, you're all these things and I respect you. But that doesn't mean that they have the capacity to help you in your full potential because they may not have expressed or learned or grown into really having the opportunity to become who they are, you know, supposed to be. And so it's a whole psychology mix, I think, but but really understanding that chapter three, it, it puts you into perspective that anybody that you're around that you know that you are influenced by, you can really start to understand, are they in it for their own beliefs or are they trying to help me discover mine? And that is so important because sometimes for years we get stuck in other people's beliefs. Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of things that I know God put on my heart that I dreamed about as a young boy, as a young man, and even, you know, further along into my adulthood. And I know he gave it to me for a reason, but I've allowed other people, people, like you say, who I've confided in, and I've allowed their fears or their skepticism about something allow me not to do something. And I just here recently in the last year or so have decided that I'm going to do it because I want to do it. I'm, you know, I've taken into consideration how you feel and what you think, but my journey ain't about you. My journey is about me. You're a part of my journey, but I can't make my journey be about you. I have to, I have to do my journey just like you have to do yours. And so, uh, I, I've not allowed, uh, those things or those people to impact me in that way. Uh, because it is, it's powerful. Uh, loyalty and, and all of those things, love can make you do stuff uh, because you feel like uh, you don't want to let them down or, you know, those things are what I found out. The only reason why they don't want you to do it is because there's two reasons. They scared to do it and then they scared what will happen if you are successful in doing it. Will, will, will he leave me or will she leave me? Uh, and so I think it's those two dynamics that, that causes people uh, to impose their fears or their limitations uh, on you uh, because I think it's the fear of I can't do it or the fear of what happens if you do do this? Uh, will we still be in the same place? Will the relationship still be the same? And so people try to hold you uh, where they're most comfortable at. You have to break free from that. That's so true. And that's hard. That's probably one of the hardest things in our lives because, you know, you just get up every day and you're like, who are these people I'm surrounded by? And are they really purposeful in the relationship? Are they really trying to help me become better? 
or is it about this fear of loss, right? Because that's a lot of times, and and sometimes it just it just happens, and and it's not anything that is intentional. It just um, you know you begin to look at your life and say, who are the people in my life, and where are are these? You know, how am I going to be impactful? And am I on this right journey? And sometimes you have to eliminate people in your life because they're really not on your same path. And that's a hard choice. That's a real difficult choice. But sometimes it it's, is. you know, and sometimes it just has to happen. But um, it, so it's a hard, hard lesson. And, it, you know, I would say chapter three in the 15 laws of growth is, I always say I love them all, but I think that's kind of the most important chapter. Addition by subtraction. Me and a, a couple of buddies of mine, uh, I, I go to a, a barbershop here in Indianapolis, uh, Kenny's Barbershop on 38th and Lafayette. And, and my barber has a saying, uh, and it's, it's all pluses, no minus. Uh, <laughs> you're not adding to my life. I got to subtract you, and I can't let you take away from my life. So my life got to be about pluses. Mm-hmm. It'd be about, about minuses, and if it is a minus, I'm subtracting something that that's keeping me from, from adding to my life. And so we, we say that saying uh, every time we see each other, all pluses, no minuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and so for me, uh, I used to, uh, and I'm still passionate, but I was very passionate about what I do. I'm obsessed about what I do now. And so I, from passion to obsession, uh, because I think obsession uh, requires a whole lot more than just being passionate. Uh, and so this is what I do from the time that my feet touch the floor. The devil is in trouble. He knows that I'm waking up because he knows what I'm waking up to do. And he knows that I'm not scared to do it. He knows that I'm not scared to go into an environment uh, where I may be the only one of me. Uh, I may uh, be the only male. Uh, I may be the only person. Uh, that's not born and raised in Indianapolis, any of those things. Uh, I don't care nothing about that. I know that I have an assignment and I got a mission and I know my life's purpose. And so I, I go wherever uh, I need to go and uh, I, I find my voice when I get to those places and I speak up. I speak up for me and then I speak up for those people who uh, haven't necessarily found their voice. And so I always uh, use basketball terminology and so I learned how to get my own shot there's a lot of people on this team uh, uh, that I'm working with who don't know how to find their shot or don't know how to get their shot on and so God equipped me with some skills uh, and a skill set that I can take somebody off the dribble I can force the, the defense to step up but I can get you an open shot and so that's what I try to do with people in their lives you know what okay you can't dribble right now but you can't grow mindset. You can't dribble yet. And so in the meantime, while you're learning how to dribble, let me help you get a shot. Man, that By is By providing you with resources powerful. or providing you with tools and lessons uh, that I've learned uh, to kind of help sustain you until you get what you need to get so that you can get your own shot. Man, that's clarity right there. That is clarity, man. <laughs> that's awesome, Jamal. Well, I know that I have taken up a lot of your time this morning, but I I know that we are going to stay connected. I know you're going to be back on the program at some point because I want to have my listeners follow you with with your journey. And now that you are you know a college graduate, 
an Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame inductee. You are amazing to be connected to, to watch your journey and really start inspiring others. And I want you know people to know how they can reach out to you with this Me Too campaign. You're at Jamal Sylvester, um, Me Too, and on LinkedIn, you're on um, Twitter. Tell us how, how else we can connect to you. Uh, of course, I want to say first uh, for for uh, I, I really appreciate you giving me uh, this opportunity uh, to be on the show. Uh, I thank Chip, you know Baker, for making the connection and seeing uh, how we fit uh, and, and how it would be beneficial to both of us. Uh, to the listeners out there, uh, I can be reached uh, at, uh, in my email uh, at mm two. T-O-O-N-D at gmail.com. Awesome. Uh, I can be reached on LinkedIn, uh, Jamal Sylvester, uh, and it has Mr. Me Too uh, in the name. Uh, it's J-E-E-R-M-A-L, uh, Mr. Me Too, last name Sylvester, S-Y-L-V-E-S-T-E-R. Uh, I have a website, uh, and it's currently under construction, but when it's up and running, uh, it'll also be mmtoondy.com and you can reach me there. Uh, It'll have a request form, contact page, uh, up and coming events, where I'm going to speak, what I'm willing to do. Uh, I just want to be able to help people and I want to be given the opportunity to be put in those environments, uh, whether that's a school, whether that's an athletic team, whether that's uh, corporate. Uh, I just want to be put in an environment uh, with people who are sick and tired of being sick and tired and who want to grow and who want to develop and who want to uh, not just hear cliche uh, stuff, who want to hear uh, tried, true, and tested principles and lessons uh, that I've used not only in sports, but in life and in my career uh, that have allowed me uh, to, as Melanie stated, uh, I just recently, after 24 years, returned back to college and got my degree, uh, three-time college dropout. And I returned to get a 4.0, both semesters, make the dean's list. Uh, and so that in itself is a, is a feat because uh, – Going back to school as a 46-year-old student, uh, it doesn't look uh, kosher uh, and, and current uh, uh, society. And so uh, I didn't care about what it looked like. I knew what I was doing it and who I, why I was doing it and who I was doing it for. I have people that are counting on me, people who need to know that it doesn't matter when. All that matters is how and why and why not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It doesn't matter when, it just matters how. You just got to do yeah. it. You just got to go do it. So, yeah. and Jamal, you're right. There's been a divine connection here. And I am so proud of you, just your accomplishments. I am super excited for our listeners to connect to you in the future here. 
And I know we're going to start our own personal growth classes. And that's really exciting for me to, to help be a part of your journey. And you've also said that you wanted to come and speak at the leadership conference next year, which will be February the 29th of 2020. So, man, that is exciting. So people that are following you can know that they can come, they can be a part of this, this very important event that I've started this campaign for Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast to bring really important speakers to influence, inspire, energize uh, our community and and really connecting uh, to you. So just thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming on today and sharing your pieces of your story. And I know that we're going to continue to do great things in, in Indiana, especially. So thank you, Jamal. Thank you. 